when God says, pardon me. Has God ever said that to you? Has God ever said to you, like you're going about your day, you're sitting in your office or you're at home, wherever you're at, and God's like, pardon me, can I just have a moment of your time? Or you're on a walk, you're deep in thought, you're like in the shower, wherever, you're just kind of like quietly going about your business, and the Lord's like, pardon me, can I share a few thoughts with you right in the middle of whatever it is that you're doing? This is the Lord Almighty forever, the ever-existing one, the ancient of days, the creator, the sustainer of life coming to you and saying, pardon me, can I just dispense my glory, my wisdom, my life into your life, into your soul, into your situation? Pardon me, says the Lord. It's an unexpected turn of events, which is the purpose of this entire series this Christmas, unexpected Christmas. God doing something that you weren't necessarily expecting to have happen. And as he's doing it, he's stepping in for your sake or he's stepping in for the sake of other people. It's the story of the Virgin Mary, which was a very normal day for Mary, until God said, well, Mary, pardon me, right? If you want to turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, we're going to read the story of Mary from the gospel, beginning in the 26th verse, the gospel of Luke, the first chapter. If you're ready, say ready. Still getting ready? Here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, Already unexpected things are happening, which we'll read about a little bit later, but Elizabeth's not supposed to be in her six months of pregnancy because she's old. She's not supposed to be having children, but she's having a child. His name is John, and he turns out to be John the Baptist. And angels of the Lord aren't supposed to go to Podunk, Nazareth, up in the hillbilly land of Galilee. Like, it's just this nowhere, out-of-the-place region of the world with this tiny little town. In fact, if you read the Bible, you hear them say, does anything good come from Nazareth? Nazareth? Why would the Lord God Almighty be there up in the northern part of the kingdom and not in the Temple Mount of Jerusalem? It's unexpected. Verse 27, this angel goes to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And your baby boy will be great, be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked a question that you may ask if you were Mary. What? <laughs> she says, hmm? 
How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, we get Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the story of Mary. God, I'm praying that you would translate that scene to this scene, Mary's story to our story. Thank you, God, that you still send your voice to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so many parts of Mary's Christmas story are unexpected. We already kind of pit-stopped and look at a few of them. As we look at some more today, I want you to see that this is how God operates What you see in Mary's story is the way that God operates in every story. Mary, fortunately, paid attention. Sometimes, maybe, we don't. God operates in this way. He enters into a story, and then he gives us the ability to respond to his entering in, his arrival into our life. Here's what I believe. By the end of today our time together here, God is going to speak into your life. And the question really that's out there for you is how are you going to respond to what God says to you? Today, in his house, he still speaks. These are some unexpected things from Mary's story that will help you learn how to respond the way that she did. The first one is this. God regularly chooses nobodies. You would expect God to choose the best of the best, the finest of the finest, but if you read through the scripture, you'll find this pattern to be true. God chooses nobodies and makes them somebodies. I have an entire message next year really looking at Mary, looking at the favor that God gives to this girl, that God chose Mary And what that means for the rest of us. It's in our first series next year called Possible. Everyone say possible. Yeah, starting in January. I love this series. It simply means what God did then, he still does today. What was possible then is still possible now. Hmm. So let me skip the depth and the meaning of this completely and kind of reserve it for January. Please come back in all of January. You'll hear this message. But know this today, no human would have picked Mary to carry the Savior of the world. No human would have thought, you know, let's go to Galilee, to a little town called Nazareth, and find this lowly, humble girl and say, you. They would have been looking for the royalty. They would have been looking for the girl that goes on the cover of a magazine, looking all beautiful and perfect in all these ways. Everyone adores and exalts this person. It must be coming. The king got to come from somebody like that. No human would have picked Mary. She's a nobody. And I believe when somebody says to themselves or somebody else says you're nobody, I see God like rubbing his palms and saying, pardon me? Like, what? 
think you're a nobody, you're a somebody to God. Expect it as normal for God to take an ordinary person to do something extraordinary. Just make a note here on your notes. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses like 26, 27, 28, maybe 25. Go read these scriptures, and what you'll hear is the Lord saying essentially this. God chose the lowly things to confound the wise. God chose the weak things to make a fool of the strong. That's his, that's the way he operates. It's what he does repeatedly so that no man can boast. I'm the man, I'm the woman, I did it. But God chose the lowly. The disciples are all teenage boys lost in their ways. And God said, boom, 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 boom. Gideon, the weakest of the weak. God said, bam. Moses, a stutterer, boom. David, an adulterer, boom. <laughs> Me leading this church, boom. I'm a nobody. I'm just as ordinary as they come. Don't stop me on the hallway outside and say, no, you're not. You're more than ordinary. I'm glad that I'm ordinary because in my weakness, God will be made strong. And that's the way he operates. I'm a nobody. God made a somebody. If he do it for me, he does it for Mary. If he does it for Moses, he'll do it for you. That's how he operates. What else was unexpected about Mary's story? Again, much more about God choosing nobodies and the favor of the Lord resting on Mary come next January in this series called Possible. So God regularly chooses nobodies, but here are the second two, uh, well, the second and the third one together uh, as we look at this. An interruption is unexpected and an intervention. Both of these are unexpected. Two words that most of us would rather avoid, interruptions and interventions. When they put the sign-up sheets on the table of life, you sign up for a lot of things, but when it said interruption and intervention, you probably skip those sign-up sheets. Ah, I like things kind of status quo. I don't like people interfering with what I'm doing, meddling with what's going on in my life. I would rather you not move my cheese, right? Mm -hmm. No touchy. But this may be a very bad perspective to have on life. It may actually be a hindering perspective, meaning when we don't allow interruptions and interventions, we may be not allowing flourishing as well. An opportunity to change, to grow, because we'd rather not be bothered, interrupted. Just let me be. I like suffering. Hear me now, believe me later. You want God to do both. You want God to interrupt. You want God to intervene. I would dare even say you need God to do both. He did it for Mary. He can do it for you. Let's talk about it. Let's first talk about interruptions and then interventions. Have you ever gone to bed and had this conversation with yourself, with your spouse, with a kid, what, it doesn't matter, and said, man, I had no idea when I woke up today that things were gonna turn out like this. Something happened in the day that was not planned, that was so cataclysmic, it was like, whoa! I had no clue that this was gonna be like this. Could be a, a terrible thing, could be a great thing. Last Monday morning, we woke Eli up, he's right down here in the front row, he had no idea how his day was going to go. No idea. And then mom and dad interrupted. Look at this. You play flag football. Then there's college football. Then there's professional football. 
Greenfield plays football on Monday night. Tonight. Who? Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. They play tonight against the Saints in Tampa. Yeah, baby. Monday Night Football. Eli's first football game ever was Monday Night Football. Tom Brady versus the Saints. Epic comeback. Three seconds left. They score a touchdown to win. But we left <laughs> when they were down 16 to 3. It looked hopeless. We looked pathetic and lifeless. Or like, he's got school tomorrow. Let's bolt. And then you're in the car wondering, like, I want them to win. But if they win and we left, anyway, <laughs> we left. I wonder what Mary was doing right before the angel appeared. You ever think these things? Am I just the weird one in the, in the room? Was she like eating a fish sandwich? Loaves and, loaves and fish, you know? Was she milking goats? Was she sitting at a table planning her wedding with Big Joe? Was she, was she even presentable? Like, was her hair like all bedhead? Like, what was going on with Mary when an angel came and said, pardon me, Mary. You're gonna have a baby before you're, you're gonna become pregnant before you're married by a man who's not your husband and the baby's gonna be the Messiah. Enjoy your sandwich. Like you're, she's just having a normal day, any old regular day. And an angel of the Lord comes in and speaks to her. Talk about a life interrupted. Incredible to really think about. Interruptions, we typically don't like them. We have this phrase that we teach our children. Uh, even if you don't have kids, you've probably said to a kid, don't interrupt me. Anyone ever said this? Come on. Let's, anyone? Am I, come on. Talk back to me, church. Yeah, we say it all the time. Don't interrupt me, right? I'm, I'm busy here. We teach this in our society. Has anyone ever said to you, got a minute, and you think to yourself, you don't mean that. You're lying to me. Your minute is going to take 20 minutes, and we all know it. So I want to say no, but I'm going to say yes, because you only ask for a minute. Just don't lie. If you need a minute, Make it a minute. If you need it 10 minutes, say, do you got 10 minutes? Just be truthful. Did you know that 40% of interruptions at work are self-interruptions? The text, the email, the social media notification don't demand that you look at them, but it's your choice to self-interrupt and look at it. 40% of interruptions at work our self-interruptions, checking texts, checking emails, checking social media. They say that then the science, you can go look this up yourself, Google it, that social media usage at work cost corporations, businesses, $650 billion a year. We're so interrupted 
by that. Did you know that any interruption after that interruption has occurred, it takes you 23 minutes to refocus on what it was that you're doing to like totally dive back in and be having productive work. So a five minute interruption ends up costing 28 minutes. Hello. Do you got a minute? Uh, well, do you really mean do I have 24 minutes? That's what you're asking. Hmm. Interruptions. Because of all this, we can think of them as inconveniences where we value more what we are doing than the reason for the interruption. Don't interrupt daddy. He really is, and it's important that he understands what's happening on Twitter. So while you need something, I'm just gonna scroll. Don't interrupt daddy. I'm in the sacred place called the bathroom, which means there's no interruptions allowed, right? That's not why I've been in here 30 minutes. <laughs> Am I the only one? So the prevailing thought and kind of what I'm laying out here is that interruptions in our society are mostly seen as a negative thing. I don't like it unless it's a good interruption. If you want to cry, a good cry, just Google this, military homecomings. I watched these things this Wednesday and literally I had to muffle my sobs. So like, <laughs> it, it like took me over. You watch the first one, the, the second, and then by the third and fourth, and they go on for like 10 minutes, and there's like 15 of these videos. You can just keep watching them. It is uncontrollable weeping. Maybe it's because I'm a military brat. My dad, my grandfather, my brother, all in the Army, or Army and Air Force. But I, I don't know that that matters. It's just seeing these brave women, these brave men, surprising, interrupting the day of their family and have no clue that their family member has returned home and what happens to their bodies. They like melt. They like shriek. And the best of the best is when there's a kid sitting at their desk at school like, I hate math. And then, daddy. And the, the hugs, the embraces, it just makes you think of heaven like when we get there and it's just, ah. It's a good interruption. You ever watched a publisher's clearinghouse give out their prizes, the prize patrol? They show with these big poster boards and it says, uh, whatever name, you won a million dollars. They knock on the door and the people, like as soon as they even crack the door, they just like collapse. So they're shouting and yelling. Rarely do you ever see, never do you ever see somebody like, thank you for coming, but I'm watching Jeopardy right now. Can you? When it's a good interruption, when it's something that we value, it changes everything. Out of the blue, God asks Mary, would your regular life be interrupted for my sake? And Mary has a choice in this moment. Is this a good interruption or is it an inconvenience? Hmm. Of course, you know the story. Mary chooses... She says, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am your servant. Let's go. She chooses for it to be this holy thing, and it changes her life. And as I was reading through the story of Mary, no, I don't believe that the Lord wants to tell every person in this room that you're going to have a baby from somebody who's not your husband, and he's going to be the Messiah. We're not translating the story just like that. But I do believe that God would say to us, I want to do the same thing in your life that I've done in Mary's life. 
which is to come in and interrupt and say, I have something glorious for you to accomplish. Will you see it as a great thing or an inconvenience? I believe God wants to give you something even routinely, regularly, if not daily, to interrupt your life that would change your life and change the life of those around you. When I write on Wednesdays, uh, I turn on this instrumental soaking music, worship, woo, it's going, and then I'll send a note off into my family, like, hey, I'm turning off all notifications. I don't wanna be bothered. If you need me, these people are in the office, reach out to them. So I turn them off on my phone, then I go to my computer in the upper right-hand corner, turn off notifications because every email that comes in, there's a banner. Every text that comes in, there's a banner on my phone, on my laptop, and I am weak. And when I see those things, I'm like, click. Let's read about what's happening with the Gators in recruiting in the middle of writing a message from the Lord to God's people. Oh, Anthony Richardson, great quarterback at University of Florida, going to the NFL. 23 minutes later, I'm writing again. So I got to turn off the notifications so I don't get interrupted. I don't know about you, but sometimes I lay in bed and I'm positive that I've turned off Holy Spirit notifications all day long. No messages, no interruptions coming through because I've been unwilling, I've been blind, I've been unintentional, and everything that the Holy Spirit wanted to interrupt my life for that day went by the wayside because I had notifications turned off to the Holy Spirit. This morning, what I'd love to say to you is turn on Holy Spirit notifications. Be willing be yielding, ask for it. I know that notifications come on our phone without being asked for with the Holy Spirit. Just pause and say, Holy Spirit, what would you prefer? Holy Spirit, what words should I speak? Holy Spirit, what words should I keep in and not speak? Holy Spirit, who should I call? Holy Spirit, what should I pray? Turn on the notifications and let Holy Spirit interrupt your regularly scheduled life to do something extraordinary out of the ordinary. 100 times a day, Mary did. Her response, verse one, verse 38, chapter one, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to be fulfilled. She chose when the Holy Spirit came, this angel came, the voice of God comes and interrupts her day. She chose faith over fear. She chooses obedience over excuses. Why? Because, here's the good news, the interruption came with an intervention. This moment of God intersecting, entering into her life wasn't just an interruption. It also came with an intervention. God says first, pardon me, and then he says, power from me. Pardon me, now power from me. Mary asked, how can this be? Virgins don't give birth. It doesn't make natural sense. And God says to her, I'm interrupting your day because I have something supernatural to do in your life. 
And God says the same to us. I'm interrupting your day so that you can do something that you couldn't do in your own power. The interruption requires an intervention of his grace, of his power. The interruption requires a miracle in order for this thing that Jesus is interrupting your life about. Something supernatural must happen. God interrupts, pardon me, and then he intervenes. Power from me. Abraham, book of Genesis, is having a normal day with his son Isaac, who is a miracle because Abraham and Sarah had this child Isaac when they were very old in their age, much like John the Baptist. And and a, a voice from heaven speaks to Abraham and says, I want you to go to the mountaintop and sacrifice your son your one and only son, your long-awaited miracle son, this son who's supposed to be the legacy to build a nation out of. Talk about an interruption. I didn't think that was going to happen today. Abraham chooses faith over fear, obedience over excuses, walks to the top of the mountain, and the Lord intervenes supernaturally and provides the ram. And the ram is sacrificed in Isaac's place. Moses is having a nice day out in the desert when he looks off and sees a bush on fire. What? Except the bush isn't burning. Just another day in Moses' life. I don't know if he's out sheep herding, if he's hunting, what he's doing out there, but he's out there. And here is this bush interrupting his day. And the voice of God from the bush says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt. And I want you to lead my people who have been in slavery for 400 years, 400 plus years, out of slavery. God interrupts Moses' day, his life, and then he intervenes. He gives him a staff, and with the staff, Moses stands at the edge of the Red Sea and plunges it into the sea. The water parts, and the people of God are led out of slavery. Peter was one day fishing, his arms straining the breen of the nets of the fish, the sun and the the wind, and you see him out of the boat doing his thing. He's not been qualified to follow a rabbi. He's not good enough, so he's plying his family's trade, working as a fisherman, and he's really good at it. As he sits on his boat, Messiah walks by. He says two words to Peter. Then he says a lot more words. He says, then I'll make you fishes of men. (laughs) Interrupts his day. Fast forward a bunch of years, about three, and the intervention comes. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit is given to the church. And Peter, this ordinary fisherman who wasn't good enough to be a a follower of a, a rabbi, stands up in front of multiple nations of people and speaks so that everybody can hear them in their own language. And he gives the first gospel presentation other than Jesus. And thousands of people are saved. The interruption always comes with an intervention. God says, pardon me. And then he says, power from me. One day I'm standing at my sink washing dishes in Ocala, Slocala, Florida. And the Lord says, it's time for you to go to seminary and be trained to be a pastor. I'm like, I'm about to have our second child. I have a full-time job. 
He's like, Err! pardon me, interruption. And then came the intervention. All my meals, all my travel to and from seminary, every dollar of tuition, every dollar of books, 100% covered. The interruption comes with an intervention. When God says, pardon me, then he says, power from me. You put, picking up what I'm putting down, I know I ask it all the time, but yes, are you with me? I believe God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to interrupt your regularly scheduled life to intervene supernaturally in an area of your life that needs victory. Right now, today. The fruit of it may take a few weeks, years, months. I don't even know how long to accomplish, but I believe he wants to begin the interruption and speak it to you today. That's why he's having us understand the story of Mary much more than just this beautiful manger picture baby scene to understand that God came and interrupted her life and then he intervened in her life and it changed the history of all of humanity. If he did it for her, he certainly can do it for us. God wants to interrupt you to empower you to overcome. He wants to say to you, pardon me. I think you think you're a nobody, but I believe you're a somebody. So I'm going to give you power to do what nobody else thinks is possible. Reconcile. Pay off the debt. Find a new way. Answer the question. Bring forth the healing, whatever it is. So right now in this room, What's God saying? I mean, I know the next thing that's supposed to happen is like we all like stand up and there's a blessing and we hug a few people. Some people pray. We walk out. We go to Panera and spend $95. Same joke every week. And come back next week. I'll talk about Panera being too expensive. It's what we normally do, right? And then after that, you may watch some football. You may take a nap. You may clean up the house some, do some housework. You may prepare for next week. You may do some internet surfing. You, have dinner, what's normal? That's what's ordinary. But our God's extraordinary. It's his job description. He does what's not ordinary. And he does it through what's not ordinary, well, what is ordinary people, this extraordinary thing. And so I'm just wondering what your response will be. And I pray and I hope it's what Mary said. May your word to me be fulfilled. Meaning I believe what you said and I'm gonna walk it out and see what happens. So here's what we're gonna do. Right here in the house, we're gonna take a moment and allow the Lord to interrupt us, the Holy Spirit specifically, to speak into our lives and say, you've been worried, consumed about this. Let me speak this into that space. Or maybe it's something that's out of left field, like something you haven't been thinking about in a long time, and the Holy Spirit says, it's time today to draw this to a conclusion, to take the next step towards healing and wholeness and abundant life. Maybe you've been stuck and the Lord wants to push you through. Maybe you need answers and the Lord has wisdom for you today. Whatever it is, we can't hear unless we take time to hear. And I know if I dismiss you from this place, you're gonna rush off and do this, 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 this. but let's, we're in the house of God, in his place. Bruno, can we just, can we bring that music down just a little bit? I'm, it's beautiful, it's just a little too active for my brain. 
Um, and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak in this moment to interrupt us right now by choice. Lord, interrupt. Whatever you want to say, say it. Whatever I need to hear, speak it. All right, would you bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you speak into this space right now? Would you rend our souls and speak into the middle part of our soul and our heart? Speak into the situation. Speak over the situation. Lord, I pray for revelation. God, I pray for unclogged ears, unclogged hearts, so that we can properly receive your good word. As you spoke to Mary, Moses, and Abraham, you spoke to Peter, Lord, speak now to us. Speak now to us. We're just gonna linger here a minute. Don't get uncomfortable. Actually, do get uncomfortable. Let the Lord blow up your day in a good way. Just with all heads bowed, all eyes closed, if the Lord's saying something to you, on the count of three, would you just hold your hand up? Say, yeah, he's speaking. I'm hearing. If you're uncertain that you're hearing from the Lord, I'm just gonna trust that you're in his house and we've asked him to speak. What you're hearing is from the Lord. Unless it's discouragement and a lie, then cast it out. Take every thought captive. If you're hearing from God, one, two, three, lift your hand, one, two, three. Anyone hearing from the Lord? Come on, don't be afraid. All right, I'm gonna wait just a little bit longer then. Got a bunch of hands and a bunch of non-hands. You can put your hands down, sorry. Holy Spirit, speak. Holy Spirit, speak. Bless you. Father, we thank you for these words. I pray that you would give us the courage to respond as Mary did and say, we are your servants. May your words to us be fulfilled. God, I pray for grace in the room, not fear. I pray for clarity in the room, not confusion. Pray for order, not chaos. It's what you do, it's who you are. As we step now into this last part of the service, God, would you reign supreme sovereignly lead us as we hear, believe, and obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone look up, please. Here's how we're gonna end today, and I felt really strongly impressed of the Holy Spirit to do this uh, as I was writing this message. I'm gonna ask a few of you to have the courage to come stand right here and tell us what God said. It may sound scary if you think that this is a scary place. But these are your brothers and sisters. And we want to hear the testimony of what God has promised, asked, revealed to you in this season. And I don't know how long this is going to take, 
this is where we're just letting the Holy Spirit interrupt our service and have his way. I don't know what's gonna be said. I'm trusting Holy Spirit to lead us, but I'd love to hear it. Thank God that Mary shared her story, right? That was just her and the angel there. Come on, Joe, you're first. I see you coming. Thank God that Mary shared her story. It's believed that she shared it with Luke and he wrote it down. So please welcome Joe Habilo, my brother. Go ahead, bring Boston to earth. Good morning. Morning. <coughs> and, and all the years that I, I've been a Christian, I proclaimed to be a Christian, and Pastor Drew would know this more than anybody, that one of the biggest problems I had is doing exactly what we did, is sitting down and being quiet and waiting to hear from the God, waiting to hear from God. And because what I won't do is jump up and say, I've, you know, this is what God's telling me to do, and, uh, and I know he hasn't because I've lied to God enough over the 67 years of my life that if I'm gonna be a man of God, I can't do that. But this morning, I mean, if anybody follows me on social media, I always, I always end my post with let go, let God, and trust. And what me and my family are going through now with our youngest daughter and, um, and mental illness, and it's just really difficult. And it's a helpless feeling. But my wife came to me last night and said, you got to practice what you preach. I said, what do you mean? She said, you got to let go and let God. You tell everybody to do that. Are you doing it? And then just standing up there, Dr. Dishman, who I pay his electric bills every week. I spend so much time in his office. <laughs> but um, I was, um, you know, he came up. And he was standing there, and Pastor Drew was there, and, and I was quiet. And, and, and for me to come down here and say, I heard God say this, might not be true, but I know that I felt something, and it told me, let go and let God. And that's what I have to do. And for mm -hmm. me, sometimes it's just, it's very difficult, but, but I just, um, that's what I have to do. I have to let go. Come on, come God. on. Would you I'm encourage Joe? Everybody. I'm going to tell everybody to trust them and to let go, and I have to also do it. And I don't know what that looks like, but I know I have to do it. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Oops, I don't need double mics. Joe, just stand right there. Lift your hands towards our brother. Father, we agree. We agree with these words. You're asking Joe to lay every burden at your feet and to leave them there. It's not that he's abandoning his daughter, he's entrusting his daughter to you. And we agree for her healing, that her mind would be set free, and the devil in his filthy mouth will be silenced in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, who's next? Yes, ma'am, come on, Lucy. You wanna do a car wheel on the way? <laughs> Come on. Real quick. Ooh, that's awful loud, right? Yeah, well, they want to hear you. Okay. Anyhow, I've been up north for several months. And when I came back, you know, I live in the down in Haines City, these old people in this uh, <clears throat> park, trailer park down there. 
And the Lord, since I've been back in these few days, have given me just certain people on my mind, and I could see them right there. And this has already started happening. A gentleman that's in his 80s is asking me about the Lord and telling me about the Bible study that I had started down there. And he is asking who I pray to, and he said he gave his life to the Lord when he was a kid, and now he's 82 years old. Mm. And he is looking for God. And there is another lady that's my good friend. She's been coming to the Bible study, but she's Catholic. And all of a sudden she's questioning now, okay, the, the studies I go to are different than our, my belief, my past, my whole life. And what is the difference? And how? So I've, and he's given me a couple other people just since I've been back that I feel like I have a witness to. And I'm thankful to the Lord because that makes me feel like I'm useful at something in my age. So I'm grateful to God and I pray for his words, his wisdom to, to share with these people so that they know that they're loved by God, that they're saved, and where their home is going to be. Amen. Come on. Never too late. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. All right. I, I still feel like there's a couple more in here. You coming, Anne-Marie? Come on, Dolly. Come on down. Both of you. You can stand together. You know each other. Who, you're, you decided? You flipped a coin? I saw you having a discussion there. This is Anne-Marie. This is Dolly. Welcome them both. Hi. So, um... <coughs> I've been travailing, 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 travailing for a family member who is struggling. And I've been in this place of not despair, but like, God, when? God, when? And today, in that moment when Pastor Tim asked us to hear, he said, keep praying. Mm -hmm. But in that came a wave of hope. And I just, I'm holding on. And that's all. Thanks. Amen. Well, hold on, hold on. Well, you know, go, go oh. ahead, Dolly. I, I, every time somebody talks, I want to pray. Just like, let's pray. We'll pray. We'll pray. Well, um, I'm not too young anymore, but when I was young, I really um, received God when I was 10, no, 12. And uh, I've always felt such a closeness to God. Uh, he has ministered to me throughout my life. When I was a teacher in L.A., um, I had an opportunity to, uh, well, I was teaching and I didn't like it. And so I told my, uh, my principal that I was going to leave. And he said, no, 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 we need you. And they gave me a job as a media specialist. I didn't know anything about it. And um, talk about provision. God just really ministered to me throughout that position. And I was able to do things I did not know how to do. Uh, that's the way God works. Um, and so that is just, that's the, an example of how God has done for me all, all my life. Well, this morning, I, uh, you know, before you get out of bed, you pray, and, and uh, 
I ask God to just uh, use me this morning as a greeter. And uh, the Spirit of God just really ministered to me through greeting so many of you this morning. And what an opportunity for me to touch you and um, be a blessing uh, from the Holy Spirit to you. Um, I went into the bathroom to, to take care of business, and I looked at myself <laughs> in the mirror, and I said, good grief, look at you. And God spoke back to me, and he said, yeah, I need you. Yes. Right? And so even before Tim started to preach, God had, um, had put a question on my heart that Teresa asked me, and I said, I will pray. And uh, so God said, yes, Teresa. Just want to let you know, um, I'm, I'm willing. Amen. 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 Thank you. Would you encourage these two ladies? Come on. <clears throat> Let's pray. Go ahead. Stand there together. Yeah. Hold her hands. Lord, we just, uh, we bless all that you're speaking today. We take it as your truth, your call to action, because you love us. You want to intervene for our sake and the sake of people around us and for your glory. We're praying that those that Lucy and Emery are trying to reach with your gospel, that they would fall, these words fall into their hearts and take root. We pray for Dolly, that she would continue to know her place is so important she is one of the ordinary, extraordinary miracles. And every time we walk up to church and see Dolly, we'll all be reminded, you use all of us to do great things, important things. It may seem insignificant to be a greeter, but the prodigal father was the greeter to the prodigal son. Come on. I'd rather be a door holder than to be in the house of the wicked. So, Lord, we just pray in belief that you're speaking, that you're calling us. Now give feet, give faith, give obedience to your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen.